G'day, you wonderful human. It's Matty C here. We love that you make time to fit us at the Aussie NFL Fantasy Show into your day, and we want to help even more fantasy football players, no matter where you're from. To do this, we need your help. If you can tell just one person this week about our show and share where you listen to us, we'd be really appreciative of the support. Testimony from you who already join us and are part of our team really does help us reach new people. Also, giving us a five-star rating on your favorite podcast app helps more people find the show, and it's more effective than you'd think. It's free, costs nothing, and takes just a moment of your time. We'd really love if you could help us so we can keep helping more people. Now, we ain't here for a haircut. Let's get into it. This is the Aussie NFL Fantasy Show. Major needs my thesaurus, Matty. He was, he was going, what can I say outside of ass? Uh, yeah. No, I was ass. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I, I was trying to think of something. <laughs> it was, that wasn't Taylor's word. It was like two cheeks with a crack down the middle. They come for the fantasy advice to stay for the ass. That's pretty yeah, much how exactly. it works, I think. Aussie? What's a step down from a pastry then? Can you give out a nugget? <laughs> <laughs> Man jocks out there kicking black cats, walking under ladders. NFL. We've opened up a couple of new stores in Miami. <laughs> yeah, move the entire fucking operation out there, man. <laughs> That's where we've got to start. Fantasy. Same Whoa, game there. Oh, 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 for the Aussie Gridiron Network, this is the Aussie NFL Fantasy Show. The number one Aussie-made NFL Fantasy Show in Australia, in Vietnam, in South Korea. We're hoping to welcome back New Zealand soon. Um, just one more week, I think, the, the World Cup Finals coming up. And uh, after that, maybe New Zealand will be back into NFL. Uh, a little distracted over, over the ditch, you reckon, Tay? Just a little bit. Uh, <laughs> I'd say so, but they'll come roaring back after they see the all base lift that trophy. Uh, so, Kiora, when they come back, by the way, it'll be great to have them back. <laughs> we've missed them. We've missed the Kiwis. But I understand um, rugby, it's, it's it's not sport in New Zealand, is it? It's, um, it's way of life. Absolute religion, mate. <laughs> yeah. So, um, And I mean, for, for those from across the seas in other parts, uh, you know, we enjoy having anybody stop by but uh you know there's kind of this white weird brotherly thing that aussies have with kiwis where it's kind of like siblings in the backseat of a car on a long trip you, you know you love each other but mate you you like to make life uncomfortable for each other a little bit too oh. so uh yeah you know, still want to back, the fuck but, out of each other 100 so it's both you don't know actually whether you want to hug or punch him um but no that's that's where we're up to so of course tay is our pretend kiwi on the podcast uh it's great he's also the leading fantasy football analyst on the whole island it's always great to have you on the show brother thanks mate yeah i feel like a bit of a pretend kiwi you gave me a question about new zealand i had absolutely no idea last week so yeah god i did move here when i was six i try to still uh act like i'm a kiwi but uh yeah i don't exactly have a lot of knowledge about it but yeah i like, absolutely love my all Blacks still uh can't wait to see them in the final this week uh, should be a tough game against the Springboks, though. Like, we basically we played yeah. them a few times every single year in the rugby championship, and it's always great games. So, yeah, yeah, should be should be a very tight one, man. But I can't wait to, uh, you know, hopefully if no natural disasters or anything happen, then I finally might get to meet Dr. Goodcall. Oh, could you imagine? Oh, <laughs> could you imagine? Good. Actually, got interested. This is a big tangent on the Rugby World Cup. Actually, to see the Kiwis and the... Uh, the Springboks playing on a neutral ground will be kind of fun because you don't get to see that very yeah. often. It's generally one's playing at home. It's a massive advantage being exactly half a globe away. And 
you know, it's it's difficult for the, the traveling team to win. So to see them on a neutral ground where they both had to travel a million miles and they both spent six weeks playing into amazing form and the way um, South Africa won that semi-final against the Poms, which I, I always love seeing the Poms lose at every sport. Um, it was delicious to watch them lose with two minutes to go. What's amazing too is the Springboks and the All Blacks are the two most winningest uh, rugby you know, World Cup teams, yet they've only played each other in one World Cup final, and it was in yeah. South Africa in 95. So e- even though they, they seem to always make the World Cup finals, or a lot anyway, they've had, uh, they very rarely actually played each other. It's always been the, uh, the South Africans have sort of taken advantage when New Zealand's been knocked out early, uh, and then obviously vice versa with New Zealand winning. So, yeah, it'd be really good to actually see them in a final because it's been a long, long time since they've been in a final together. And again, 95, World Cup's in South Africa. So, exactly. home team. <laughs> so, just, you know, that, that's how that is. But, I mean, great game, by the way. What was it, 25-22 or something like that? And it was uh, field goals the, uh, field and it was amazing. It was amazing. And the hit movie Invictus was uh, made with Matt Damon about it. <laughs> yeah, with Matt Damon as uh, a rugby player because... Fucking why not? <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> it sounded exactly like a South African too. It was great. Ah, oh, he did, mate. You know, I watched a full series of South African Survivor just because I couldn't get enough of the accent, and mate, it was <laughs> not disappointing. Uh, <laughs> there, Jeff Probst is a guy called Nico, which is fantastic. Nico in a South African accent, terrific. Uh, mate, the noticeable, you know, missing player on our team this week is Manjot. Yep. And I'm sure he would have his bit to say about the Rugby World Cup, but um, he's actually off doing things that are really beneficial for his life when he's not a football analyst because that guy studies a lot and he's he's off for very scholarly pursuits and he's got a brilliant career in front of him in practically anything he wants. Um, but it does mean he has to fucking study and this is the week of the year and it was the same last year. He just has to focus on that. So you and I are steering this boat uh, – for those of us who were around yesterday with the buy low, sell high, you'll you'll be familiar with how we've run this thing. And Tate, you and I have been sort of trapped in a room together doing this podcast a bunch over time too. Since well, since 2020, you started to come on when we first kicked it off as the Astro League. We ran the whole thing together through 2021 as the Astro League. Um, but then, you know, it's, it, we haven't had these opportunities to just be mano a mano as much since uh, turning the Aussie NFL fantasy show and bringing Manjot on full time. But it doesn't mean it's not familiar. I mean, I feel like this is just back in the old days. It is 100%, mate. And like, so we, we love having me and John on, and it's always preferred to have three different voices because we all sort 100%. of bring something different. But I also do enjoy uh, us sort of, you know, especially when we do things like the buy, uh, buy low, sell high segments. There's sort of things that you and I used to do back in the old days, and it's very, yeah. very fantasy specific. So it's stuff that, that I really like doing with you because it sort of brings us back to our sort of early on Astro League days. So, you know, something is definitely familiar. You and I did a lot, a lot of episodes together just doing that. So something oh God, we did. definitely handle when it happens, but... Like I said, uh, we always love having me and John on. Yeah, we do. So we miss him a lot. And actually, it's a bit of a special treat for tomorrow's show. We start to the week. We've actually kind of got a, uh, a special guest feeling to take me and John's So <laughs> no foreskin. But um, a member of our Aussie Gridiron Network is going to step in and, and play the part for me and John. And we're really, really grateful for that. And I'm, I'm actually pretty sure me and going to really love that. Um, yeah. But today... 
today today we're going to dive into the mailbag and then we're going to have the doctor come on and then then of course the start of the week will, will be tomorrow as it usually is and another dive into the mailbag because we we just really love helping at the core of it all the idea of the show is to try and provide a really same sensibility as every other Aussie who's playing American fantasy football, getting it from Aussie perspective, from Aussie blokes who were suffering the same trauma of having to get up at a quarter to four in the fucking morning just to make sure that there's nobody inactive in your lineup and breaking your body clock just to just to keep up with games. So we, we 100% get the same trauma as, as you guys, uh, but we also want to be as helpful as we can and from, from the same sort of Aussie perspective. So we, we love getting into the mailbag and helping out. Our, our fellow fantasy owners. Absolutely. Like to, to dive in in the mailbag for starters, um, I think you're going to love some of the handles. I, I, this is actually one of my favorite bits about it is because we're getting questions from folks who are legitimately out there playing. You're, you're getting folks who've really had to fucking work hard to find find a handle that's not taken. And some of them are quite NFL driven. So but at Buffalo Balls... <laughs> has written in and his questions around the commanders is there a wide receiver on the commanders you feel like you can trust to start for the rest of the year <laughs> well one of my biggest misses this year has been Jan Dotson he's just been left for dead in this team uh Look, I feel like that's a low stakes loss though, because I don't think everyone else yeah. had him ranked as high as you. So, no, no, you personally, and not everybody else. It was one, the funny thing is, right? Is the biggest loss I sort of felt like I had was I I sort of bought him high in, in my my main dynasty league, but I've already ah. been able to get out of him for almost the same value. So it's not like I lost much wow. out of it. And, and, and you kind of almost get a bit of clarity when you haven't sort of paid that price for a guy and you're kind of like, oh, well, it was just a miss in the early part of the year for me. And like you said, it really didn't hurt me at all in redraft because, like, it was a guy that was getting drafted so late that it really hasn't mattered. I've been able to either punt him or just sit him at the bottom of my bench. So it hasn't really hurt me too much. Uh, I, Thank goodness. Well, to me, what's funny, right, is they aren't an amazing offense and Sam Howell's been fine without being fantastic. But there actually is two that I think week to week I'd be fine with. Um, I still think Terry McLaurin is startable. I, I, would start, I would be probably starting him more often than I didn't uh, if I had him. Uh, he's still putting up decent numbers without really having a breakout game. But a lot of times you seem to think that he's not doing much and then you have a look and he's eight for 60 and you're like, full PPR, he's got 14 points. That's that's fine. Like he can sort of sustain a decent season on yeah, okay. that. So I, I would still be playing McLaren, whether it's with an enormous amount of confidence, I don't know. But I would still be playing him. And honestly, Curtis Samuel has been more than fine. Um, okay. He's found the end zone a few times. He gets involved in the in the rushing game occasionally, but um, you know he's yeah he's he's so involved in this team that I would actually be fine playing him too. Uh, obviously, a ten team league, you're probably looking elsewhere. You'd still want him on your team on your bench. You'd play him in, a, in your flex at a pinch. So it's probably more of a twelve to fourteen team off of Samuel. But I'd be playing McLaurin in most leagues. Yeah, I mean, I've, I've got McLaurin in a 12-team league where you start two flexes, and I'm still finding it hard to get McLaurin in my starting lineup because I just don't have yeah. a lot of trust. But I was talking about it a bit last week that, man, I, I kind of felt like I could 
just as easily start Curtis Samuel in any league where I've got Terry McLaurin. Yep. But then last week was kind of, this is a bad pun, but it was kind of a howler. <laughs> from, <laughs> from the commanders. <laughs> I know. As I was about to say it, I'm like, oh, fuck it. Their quarterback's called Howl. Here this is go. just a bad dad joke. But I, I'm i committed to bad jokes, Tay, and you know it. This is 360 <laughs> episodes in. You know build I'm committed podcast to bad jokes. 100%. So, yeah, do I, do I trust Curtis Samuel's not going to continue to be a really relevant part of this the offense and that, you know, his position is to be so close to the line from that slot that he's just going to see a lot of targets. Well, no, I think that's all still going to be true. But I know who the best receiver on this team is, and it pains me to think that that's a close race. It really shouldn't be. I feel like I, sh- I should still really trust McLaurin, and, and that's the advice I'm going to give is that you should probably still trust him because I don't know the how it's going to get worse, right? Nah, I don't think so. And if anything, like you saw McLaurin at the turf toe at the start of the year, and he seems to be healthy from that. So if anything, moving forward, you would think he would play better than he was at the start of the year. So, yeah, I'd, I wouldn't be a full trust, but I'd be playing uh, the leagues. But, like, I, I haven't got a number in front of me of where he is, but if he's performing more admirably than, say, Amari Cooper in terms of wide receiver ranking, he is a perfect buy low in that instance because I just don't know that it can get worse, right? Yep, 100%. I think- and the McLaren owner is going to be like me going, well, I could fucking start Curtis Samuel and feel just as good about the points I'm going to get. And I'm disappointed because my name brand guy, McLaurin's a, a brand, right? And he's not playing like the McLaurin I drafted, so I'm probably fed up with him. Yep, uh, 100%. Mm. Okay, so there's two receivers you can probably trust there at Buffalo, <laughs> Buffalo Balls. So, Buffalo balls. Like- imagine, imagine your balls being blue and red. That'd be that'd be brutal. <laughs> Wait, so that's that's an ailment that I think you should probably see uh, a <laughs> physician for. And there's probably that, cream. Of all things, it's <laughs> <laughs> probably cream for that. Um, <laughs> I, I didn't pick this because it's lined up the same, but this is from at Dak Krakensack. It's <laughs> <laughs> this podcast perfectly. Oh, my God. Um, His question is, have I seen DeAndre Hopkins' best game of the season already? Yeah, probably, honestly. Really? It's brutal because, obviously, moving forward, I'm not saying Ryan Tannehill's great. Like, he's been just absolutely pile of dog balls. But um, (laughs) I I don't imagine you're going to see any breakout, well, not anytime soon, breakout passing performances from a mix of – Malik Willis and Will Levis, like it's it's going to take them a bit of time to sort of you know get any sort of passing game going. I think they're just going to run the ball even more. Uh, yeah, I just think it's a struggle. I mean, your best chance might be if Hawkins somehow got moved to a different team and all of a sudden oh. in a better offense. But I'm I'm hearing there isn't exactly a lot of uh, interest in him in the trade market. So yeah, really? I I, wow. I would honestly probably place my bet that you have. That's tough to hear because, I don't know, he's kind of one of those names where you just think he's never really dead. Um, I can remember that one year he had that bad year at Houston and everyone sold him and then all of a sudden he was just back to being like a top five receiver and it's like, oh, yeah, because you're fucking DeAndre Hopkins. And there's that part of me that still wants to believe that he's just fucking DeAndre Hopkins and he can resurrect himself. But I still think there's something there for him, the player. 
I just think he's in a really shit situation. I think he probably <laughs> should have chose a different spot and not just taken the money because I think he still has more to show as a player, but he's just in a terrible spot in the Titans. And he just found the moment where they're pretty much just in a transition year. Yeah. And I think, look, we spoke about this yesterday for those who haven't caught it yet. Firstly, you're doing fantasy wrong if you haven't caught yesterday's show. But we actually talked a bit about the Titans' running game and why we think both their running backs are candidates for that buy low, sell high. No foreskinning, which side we took on that. So go and catch the episode and, and, you know, learn a whole bunch because there was a lot in that episode that can be really useful. But I guess this is kind of the flip side of that is that if we're talking one way about the Titans running game, it's probably not surprising that we're a little down on their passing game. But don't you kind of feel some optimism that if the minute comes that Levis gets the start, that he's not just going to be like, yeah, that's the guy we drafted at the start of the second round. We got value on him. You don't have that optimism? As a uh, just in the in the rookie season, I have some optimism that he's going to be a lot better than people think moving forward. But in that first season, I just think it's going to take a lot, and there's going to be a lot of growing pains. He also has one of the worst offensive lines in the league. Um, they had the the fair, worst fair. ranking PFF O line grade at the start of the year than like anyone's ever had. So he's just going to get no favors from the rest of his team and. Um, so I think he's going to be struggling early. Even if he has the talent, I think it's going to take some time. Yeah. Hey, look, fair enough. So, sorry about Dak, Crack and Sack. Um, <laughs> you, you, <laughs> that is a great handle. Uh, you, you may have seen the, the best of Keanu Hopkins. I don't know what you could potentially move him for, but um, good luck out on the trade market if that's what you're thinking now with that news. Mate, we're not here to fuck spiders. We probably better give the doctor a call. Does he make house calls when Manjot's not here? Oh, I'm not sure, mate. I've never been able to be in the... Whoa! 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 Oh, baby! Oh, I'm in a twister! Oh, shit! It sounds like... (laughs) The natural disasters in victory continue. All right, so that's the end of Taylor. I think um, to stop this being a one-man show, we better put in the Dr. Good call drop and see if we can get him in. In today's busy world, it's hard to have it all. Who has time to do all the analysis and decision-making for your fantasy team? Probably not you, but we can help. Whether it's positively diagnosing players with fantasy leprosy, or helping you find the players who are on the verge of being fantasy legendary. There's only one name in all of fantasy you can really trust. Make an appointment with Dr. Goodcall. It's a new week, and we are seven out of 14 weeks through the regular season. I'm really charged up for a big, big week from you because no toys are on the bye, so you've got every player to pick from in all these positions. Absolutely. This is where it's tick central. Just just dog ticks everywhere, mate. QB, I've got to go back to my boy in his home games and going back to Jared Goff uh, up yep. against the Raiders, who are 13th against quarterback. Again, it's not so much about the matchup. Again, it's just Goff at home with most of his weapons. Like especially, He's got all his weapons, at least in the passing game. Uh, and just being back at home, home cooking, I can see this being a bit of a shootout. And, yeah, I just think it's, you know, all systems go for Jared Goff in this one. I think what will be interesting in this one too is if they are, I guess, a Raiders team who are starting 
their starting quarterback or if they're going to be up against a team who their offense is a little bit more compromised than maybe it would be if they, you know, if they've got to trot out an O'Connell or a Hoya. So just that'll be, I think, quite interesting as to then, well, what happens with the Lions quarterback? Because will they need to continue to throw to... Yes. Uh, to keep the game moving along. So that'll be an interesting one. It's kind of why it's fun that you stuck your neck out on that one, just because not knowing what their opponent's going to line up like. Yeah, absolutely. It sounds like Jimmy's going to be okay for this game, but again, it's hard to know. And they're obviously the last game of the week. So yeah, yeah just keep an eye on that. But I still think, obviously, you'll you'll need it to not be any rushing uh, touchdowns, but I still think yeah. there's a chance they can do enough in the first half to be very relevant for your team this week. Uh, even if they have to coast, I think the Raiders will get at least enough done because you seem to be able to pass on this Detroit team still pretty easily. So, yeah, the hope is that uh, they can keep up at least enough to make Jared Goff sort of just, you know, throw in a fair few touchdowns. Yeah, that'd be really helpful just to keep the ball moving. It's going to be difficult to set a line on that. Yeah, mm. uh, and this one I'm pretty relatively confident on. So, uh, I'm going to go a little bit higher than last week. Um, I'm going to say, I'm going to go 17 and a half. Wow. I was almost going to start running 16.5. Just yeah, had a, I was, I was a about feeling. 16 being one higher than last week. But I'm like, you know what? I, I have conviction on golf this week. I think uh, wow. I've even mentioned that uh, I've got a league that uh, I actually have played him over tour once. And I think I might be doing it again this week. So I started doing the maths on this once you said 17. I'm like, okay, so we need 250 and two touchdowns. That's, um, man, I, I just kind of wonder if they're going to need that much. So I'm, I'm going to take the under, but I think it's more to do with where you've set the line than it is about the golf performance. I think the golf performance will still probably be fine, 200 and a bit and maybe two touchdowns. I'd take that, but just think 17 is just a teeniest bit too rich for me. Uh, so I'll take the under, but it's not because I don't like golf. Yeah, no, that's fair enough. Like I said, sometimes I just like to have conviction in my picks. So even if it means I'm under at the end of the day, uh, I still like to just try and, and hit something big. Mm, interesting, interesting. All right. Mate, running back is always going to be a fun one, especially in a week where no one's on a buy and all of a sudden everyone's available uh, because it means that, you know, there's like just a lot of options out there. How do you help on a week like that? Toot toot, Gus Bus baby, up against Arizona. 29th against running back uh, this year. He's, um, he's at 25% started, so still pretty pretty low. He had a great game last week. Well, he, had, he was a terrible matchup against the Lions, uh, who were first against running back leading into that game. So, yeah, yeah, uh, to, for him to do that, I, he didn't have a huge amount of yards. I think it was just under 60, but... You got a touchdown. He had an eighty-yard catch, which was an anomaly. I'm not saying that that's going to happen ever again, but uh, I just think he's looking great. Uh, he's getting a majority of the work. I know he's only getting about fifty percent of the snaps, but when he's out there, he pretty much always gets a rush attempt. So uh, I think they're going to be in front in this game. Arizona can't defend anything, and if there's if there's a, a bunch of rushing attempts to be had in the second half, I think he's going to be getting a lot of it. So I think there's a big opportunity for him to have an even better game than he had last week. Wow, it's funny to think that he's only started around about a quarter of leagues. Just given that, you know, so he's not probably not going to have the 80-yard catch again. And that, that was fun to watch because he's not the fastest man on earth. No, and to see not. him somehow make 80 boss. yards. <laughs> <laughs> Pretty impressive. That So his average fantasy points per game in PPR is less than the points he got from that catch and run, even though it wasn't 
didn't score a touchdown in the end either, which is even more amazing. An 88 catch that doesn't go for a touchdown. He is an interesting bloke coming off his 21 points as well, going up against a, I don't know, this Cardinals defense is clearly not terribly good, but this is an East Coast team traveling West Coast to play Arizona in their building. They seem to have put up a bit of a fight and they're at least competitive at home. So this will be interesting to see because this might be one of those games where, you know, you've got to continue to keep the defense guessing if, you know, you may just not pull away and, and establish a big two-score lead or anything. Yeah, and again, that's why Gus is probably where he's at. I still don't think anyone feels 100% comfortable starting him, but I'm just saying in this matchup, I think it's a really good opportunity. So uh, I, I will actually set the line at exactly what he scored in half PPR of that one huge catch. I'm going to say it's 8.5. 8.5. Oh, now this is the line I like. I'm going to take you over on that one. Um, and not because I think that, um, you know, he's some great danger of having like a 100-yard game or anything. It's just that I think he'll probably get you your 60-odd yards from about 15 carries and he might catch a ball. And that's probably going to do enough, you know, that um, he can get you about a 10-yard catch and about 65 yards as your 8.5. And, and if they're in the lead, well, maybe he runs a little bit more than that. But in the last four weeks, he's been averaging 14 and a half carries a game, and I think that's plenty. Yep. All right. Wide receiver. So, I am going to take a shot that this guy is starting to break out. Uh, I'm going to take what I'm starting to see as the wide receiver one for one Patrick Mahomes. I'm going to take Rasheed Rice. Uh, a genuine asshole defense at Denver. Uh, they are 14th against wide receiver, but in general, they are just a really a basket case against anyone this year. Uh, that's only been because teams have been so far in front of them in the second half that they haven't had to pass. They've just yeah, ran- I was going to ask if you thought that was why. They've ran the ball. Like, you even saw Miami uh, when they scored 70. I think it was all through their running backs because they just got in front yeah. and just steamrolled that piece of shit defense. Uh, I-, I think... I still think there's enough, even if it's in the first half, even if they obviously throw in a few touchdowns in the first half. I think there's enough chances there for Rasheed Rice. I just think he's starting to take over as that wide receiver one. He looks far better than a lot of the other um, players on this team. Um, they've obviously taken shots on guys like Kadarius Tony, Sky Moore. MVS is fine. He runs a lot of routes, but he's only targeted like on really, really yeah. deep. Yeah. So, um, yeah, it's I been just really think- reduced to this weird bit part where he was part of their offense, especially through the playoffs. He was a real part of their offense last year. Yep. Yeah, I just think Rasheed Rice is clearly starting to turn into the guy. Uh, he's, he's still going to be a, a kind of a low snap count kind of player, but I believe of his talent and obviously Mahomes' talent, I just think it's going to mesh and it's only going to keep getting better as the season goes on. And I just think this is an awesome opportunity to showcase it against a Denver team that really can't stop anything. So. Yep, I'm in on Rasheed Rice this week. Just so weird because the personnel in Denver's defense hasn't changed, but enough has changed about how they go to market that uh, they just don't seem scary anymore. They really don't. And it's just so weird when 90% of their personnel are just the same guys who were super tough for a year and a half. Yeah, up until the Rams came in and just, you know, embarrassed the hell out of them. Yep. So Turned everything. Setting a line here will be fun again because potentially this isn't a game where they need to throw a heap to. Um, get the point across, right? No, you wouldn't think so, but I still think there's enough there. Uh, I'm going to set it. I I think he's 
pretty much he's probably not that much higher percentage than Gus Bus. I think he's thirty six and he was twenty five. So we'll make it we'll make it nine point five. Yeah, okay. Um, and this one for me, the the nine point five is just contingent on a touchdown. I just don't know that he does enough to get it without a touchdown. And this why I'm gonna take the under is because the way that offense has been spread around, I just don't think there's a whole lot to make me feel like he's the most likely to get the touchdown. So I'm I'm uh, only for that reason, going to take the under again. It's not the not like in the analysis. It's just not thinking that the fluky bit's going to land there. <laughs> so. Yeah, that's fair enough. It's more me taking a shot that I think uh, moving forward, he's he's more of the guy than we actually think. We all still assume that it just gets shared around everyone. I think he's starting to take over, but what what taking over means, I'm not 100 percent sure. So I'm just going to try and see and try and stay in the flames with this guy because he's had two very good weeks. Yeah. Yeah, he really has, which is enough to make you think. If you're a somewhat talented player and you've got Patrick Mahomes throwing you the ball, you can probably do almost anything. So I get it. I totally get it. The big call of the week is going to be the tight end, right? We love tight ends. Absolutely. Uh, And look, this guy at the start of the year, I was getting shares in him because even though he's a rookie, uh, I just thought there was a breakout coming at some stage. Whether it was at the start, I don't know, but um, he's acclimated now. You've obviously seen an injury to the other tight end on his team. So I'm going to take Dalton Kincaid uh-huh. up against the Bucks. Um, they're 12 against tight end, so it's not like it's not so much a matchup play. Uh, it's really, really a mixture of things. Obviously, you want pieces of this Bills offense. They're obviously going to move the ball pretty easily. You know, having Josh Allen, one of the better quarterbacks in the league, obviously helps. Uh, I think they need him. I think, you know, obviously Gabe Davis is very hit and miss, so they need someone outside of Stefan Diggs to actually take some sort of, uh, you know, workhorse, workhorse load here. And I just think they drafted him for a reason very highly. Um, so without Dawson Knox being there, I think this is an opportunity to see a breakout for Dalton Kincaid, and this is more than enough for me to take a shot on him in a position that's just fucking turd on the water. <laughs> on the water. I think in what could be like a classic like 23-13 kind of game where Josh Allen doesn't do anything to separate himself from the other team, but enough to make him good enough to get the win. I, the, Kincaid without knocks around, I think, is clearly their second passing option. Yep. I, I just think too. he is. So it kind of makes me wonder, well, where's this line going to go and how high do you have to set it before I'm going to be willing to not take the over? <laughs> Yeah, I mean, and you also got to factor in it's a tight end, so I can't go too absurd. I'm yeah, gonna have not twenty one point five or anything. <laughs> I'll, I'll set it the same as Rasheed Rice. I'll go nine point five. Nine point five. See, now that's about where I start looking at the line, going, he's going to be a touchdown now in a twenty three thirteen kind of game. I'm still going to take the over. I'm still going to take the over because, man, I don't know. As a the second target in that offense, if you can get six catches, it gets you so much of the way. Uh, so I'm going to take the over on the nine and a half and, and see if I can feel good about it. I really want to see if I can sweep you one of these weeks. I haven't had a week where I've swept you the whole way. We saw one where Manjot took you over on all four, uh, and it didn't work out because you, you said challenging lines. You, you're not trying to just slam dunk it by setting everyone to three and a half and going, yeah, see, look how good I have a call on this. <laughs> I'm fucking awesome. <laughs> all right. So you, you really set challenging lines, um, and it forces me to really decide whether I'm going to take the over or under on them. But one of these weeks, I really want to sweep you, mate. Well, that'd be great. So hopefully it's on a week that you say over on everything. Yeah, right. I mean, clearly that's not this week. Uh, <laughs> the 
<laughs> the big call of the week is always the fantasy fades. What direction are you going in this week? I mean, there's just so much up for grabs in a week where there's no teams on by. So I'm, I'm really looking forward to this one. Yeah, look, this is one that I just want to sort of showcase, and it's very similar to what I did last week. It's I'm taking someone that's not as highly touted as who I took last week, but it follows the same formula. So it is Brian Robinson up against Philly who have moved into number one against fantasy running backs. I still think people out there who have Brian Robinson are starting him. Uh, I know that I don't know if a lot of people have choice. Uh, Obviously, running back out there is a pretty tough landscape. And even though we've got more teams playing this week, I still think a lot of people are probably relying on Brian Robinson. And they see him at running back 10 this year. And I think a lot of people are going to struggle to to not play him. I'm saying find any almost any other option. I think he's going to be terrible this week. This would be the kind of thing where if I was – you know, I'm obviously taking someone that's, uh, you know, you've probably yourself see as a bit mediocre, and the fact that he's against this team, it almost seems like a slam dunk. But it's the kind of one that I would be willing to take a very, very low line on because I am very confident that he's going to be doing doing absolutely nothing against this Philly team. He's not exactly the best pass catcher, so if they're behind, it's not like he's going to get a lot of work there. And you're like, he's the kind of guy who really, really needs a lot of rush attempts. And if they're not in front, um, yeah, I just don't think he's going to be able to do a lot of work. And, and whatever work he gets, I just don't think it's going to be very fruitful for him. We've seen him this year fall under the 10-point line as often as he's gone over it. So, you know, it's, it's not the most glowing indictment. I think, you know, knowing that that's pretty well what we say about the fantasy fade section is... And a running back or a wide receiver in this, we're pretty well saying as someone who you shouldn't be shocked if they score less than 10, right? That's kind of what we're saying. Yeah, it's pretty much the line. Like outside of me taking like last year, my my best call by a mile on this podcast was taking Justin Jefferson in the in week 17 last year. And yeah, that's the mile. kind of one where you would give yourself a bit of leeway. You would say, look, if he's scoring less than say like 13, you would be pretty happy with that call. Um, yeah. Last week, I took most of it. That's something I probably might have like leaned out to about 11 or 12, uh, just because he was running back two on the season. This one, if Robinson's the kind of one where I'm looking like seven, like I would be probably, if he's going over seven, then me thinking that I've that I've won on this as a fade probably is so, it's almost like a middle ground. Like if it was between seven and 10, I would probably feel like I neither won or lost. Um, I'd be looking to try, if I was trying to win this, I'd be wanting him to get less than seven. Oh my gosh. You know what? It took him to get eight points last week. A touchdown. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, that's, that's kind of what you're dealing with. And now that was against New York Giants who were um, a bottom 10 defense against the running backs. So now you just go, Oh, by the way, I'm only going to lob you up against the, offense that has, uh, sorry, the defense that has only allowed one 50-yard rusher all year. So, mate, I get it, and and I think this is why it's like, well, is he going to score the touchdown? Probably not. So then, what does he have to do to put up a score that's going to be compelling? Well, he hasn't really been a factor in the passing game. He's had more than three targets just once. So it all has to be on the ground. And we saw much more dynamic backs just struggle. So, yeah, it's all it's all to play for for Brian Robinson there to try and yes. prove you wrong. And I'm standing next to you going, prove us wrong, Brian Robinson. Too many things going wrong for him in one matchup. It's just it's a clear fade for me. 
Yeah, look, 100%. So, in some summary here, let's just go from the top to the bottom. We've got in your good medicine, we've got Jared Goff versus Las Vegas. They're 13th against quarterback, but it's not even about the bad matchup. It's just that Goff is at home and he's been cash money. 17 and a half is the line. I'm taking the under on your line, but I like the line. In running back, you've got the Gus Bus, Gus Edwards versus the Arizona Cardinals, who are 29th against running back. So, going to be a whole bunch of eating dirt sandwiches for the Arizona Cardinals. We're setting the line at eight and a half, though. So we'll see how that one runs. I'm, I'm taking the over on that, though. I don't think that's going to be too difficult to overcome. Wide receiver was Rashi Rice versus Denver. And it's not because they're a piss, piss poor secondary or anything like that in terms of fantasy points against. It's just that there is just such a likelihood that the volume in this offense goes somewhere other than just Kelsey and that he looks like the best receiver option that isn't Kelsey. So I get that. And I like that, that the line was nine and a half there. To me, that sort of says he probably needs a touchdown to get there. And I'm only backing that he doesn't get the touchdown. It's not that I don't think the analysis about where the ball's going is right. And then at tight end, Dalton Kincaid versus the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, who are again, probably in that middle pack against tight end, but it really is that outside of Stefan Diggs, it really isn't sort of a second target especially with the part that was sharing the tight end position now out of lineup for a while. 9.5 is the line. I'm actually taking the over on that one because I think that's really great. And then, of course, our fantasy fade, a big balls, big calls, taking down a top 10 running back against the Philly defense as Brian Robinson is our fantasy fade for the week. Mate, thank you so much for all you contribute to the show. You miss on your line sometimes a little bit, but the big calls, mate, when you make it, they come off so much, and, and I think it is really something that the listeners appreciate that you do. No problem, mate. Thanks again for having me. Uh, like I said, I'd, you know, we have our misses, we have our hits, but, uh, you know, obviously something like Raheem Mostert, I feel like just sort of makes it all worth it. It's someone that I was very, very proud of that call last week because it's something that I don't think a lot of people would have been able to bench him. So I wasn't out there saying you had to bench him. I was just saying that I felt like this was the moment where he was going to have a very down game and, it definitely came true. So anyone who's out there listening, I hope I was able to help your fantasy team in some way. And if not, I hope it was just a good listen. So I hope we <laughs> get more right than we get wrong. And yeah, hopefully week eight's great for us. Man, it's always a good listen. Uh, and well, you know, it doesn't necessarily have to be one or the other. Uh, we are in this position where Dr. Goodcall really does want to sweep and get all four of his right in one week uh, in the good medicine section as well as his uh, fantasy fade. But uh, I'm also in the position where I haven't swept with my picking over and under of these aggressive lines either. So um, now that it's just mano on mano here, Doctor, I'm looking forward to your breakdown for next week. Uh, can't wait to see how that how that runs, mate. And I just can't wait to just be just smelling my own farts when I've got them all right. Yeah, you're just looking forward to pulling my pants down. I get it. 100%, mate. 100%. Uh, but in the meantime, though, because doctors love it when you take your pants off, apparently, I've, I've been told. Um, I see a very different doctor to you. <laughs> he doesn't do that to me, but, you know, fair enough. I don't even know how to pivot out of that. It's half past one in the morning where we are. Good luck making house calls with the very little amount of sleep we let you get after you come and visit us. Uh, but thank you again. And, mate, hooroo. Who, bloody who? Roo. <laughs> That'll do. I think that's what they say for see you later in New Zealand. Uh, yeah. That's... I think it, we'll share that with Taylor next week. <laughs> Absolutely. If he if he's, uh, hasn't been taken away by a twister. 
Yeah, or he hasn't drunk himself into oblivion because they're all blacks one. One of the two. Could <laughs> <laughs> just be me and Manjot next week, and uh, and and then you're just doing a house call in the middle. <laughs> that could be that could be a real reality. Sounds good, mate. <laughs> this is the Aussie NFL Fantasy Show. Downs isn't really a huge downfield threat. <laughs> sorry, you said yeah. downs and downfield. I'll, I'll be, sorry. Man, yeah. Nothing quite like sitting in the sand pit or just eating mouthfuls of sand. Nice. Aussie. And I do not think that defense is good at all. Don't hear what I'm not saying. His question is, did Hunter Renfro die? NFL. I think he did. <laughs> I've seen his tombstone for sure. Cause of, <laughs> cause of death, Jimmy Garoppolo. Great minds think alike or your brain's deteriorating to my level, whichever way you want to cut it. <laughs> Fantasy. Oh, man, this position is fucking dog shit. I will never have that piece of shit near my roster ever. This is the Aussie NFL Fantasy Show. Oh, I'm, Pro- a, I'm an underplayed uni student, so yeah, I'll <laughs> <laughs> Half a fucking dollar is a miracle.